Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. I'm your host, KJ, and welcome to Catalyst Conversation with yours truly. I was super excited to interview our next guest. She is a podcast host, a music lover, and the associate editor of Huddle Today. In this episode, we talk about experiential learning, university life, and journalism within New Brunswick. So ladies and gentlemen, thems and theys, I would like to welcome Sharice to our show. So we are here uh, with Sharice. How are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, one thing, so I have a tendency to become a fanboy. And uh, when, so my thing is if I love something, everyone knows I love something. If I don't like something, I, everyone knows that. So I love Hoddle. Um, like I've been a big fan of Hoddle for quite some time oh, now. Man. And the reason why you're here is because you do this thing with Hoddle. So what do you really do there? Um, so I am the uh, associate editor. It, mm-hmm. That's my um, official title, I guess. But um, I'm also a, a, a staff writer, so I do everything from uh, interviewing people, writing stories, um, help out with our social media platforms. I edit other writers' stories. I help um, other writers formulate ideas. Kind mm-hmm. of, a, it's a very small shop here, so mm-hmm. I think like all of us um, kind of wear multiple hats. But yeah. yeah, so I do a little bit of everything here. Yeah, and then. What another reason why I, I love like Hollow so much is I remember like you folks did an article once about like New Brunswick was to watch. Yes. And I was on that list. You were on that list. And it yes. shocked me, but yeah. I, it really it was like a humbling moment as, as well. And then one thing that gave me chills is that the McCain like McCain's wrote an article a few yeah. few years ago about you know just basically ripping New Brunswick apart yeah and just a very untasteful and very upper Canada e it was very upper Canada e and it's like it, and I just I loved not like I say that like I just loved how they like the one photo they used was like King Square at like six in the morning exactly of course it's going to be des- like desolate mm-hmm. at six mm-hmm. in the morning mm-hmm. and it was just sort of I don't know it was very um, like it was a poor job yeah. Right. And then Huddle came in, and you folks wrote a clapback article yeah. that gave me chills, and it really motivated me to understand that New Brunswick is definitely in a position of transition, and mm-hmm. uh, folks who, you know, are basically outside of it and really don't live in what's actually happening and knowing what's happening here really don't have uh, insight on what to really say and advice to give. So basically mind your business. Yeah. Uh, but in such a respectful way where I was just like, haha, you just got told off. But I felt motivated to um, really get some pride and really understand the, the scope in which we're in. And since then, I was just like, have you heard the huddle? Yeah. <laughs> Read yeah. huddle. <laughs> no, that's the kind of the thing with huddle is that we're, we're about kind of celebrating um, the the good and uh, the the good in the business and the mm-hmm. entrepreneurship happening here at the same time though we know there's absolutely huge issues that New Brunswick is facing and we don't we don't avoid that but instead of kind of you know taking the typical route of everything sh- uh, you know last one out the door shut off the lights is okay what are who are the entrepreneurs who are the people mm-hmm. who are the people in the communities that are working to change this and what mm-hmm. are what are other communities across the world or mm-hmm. North America mm-hmm. or Canada doing that are in a similar situation because what St. John at you know or New Brunswick is facing isn't isn't unique mm-hmm. right so it's sort of taking a, a look at you know being proactive and yeah. more, kind of more solutions based instead yes. of just sitting there and, and bitching quite frankly this is it and yeah so all of this stuff is encompassing 
everything like you you're you're mixing your love with journalism because like you do have your background in journalism mm -hmm. as well of you know basically dabbling within entrepreneurship so how did this merge actually happen right well it, like so i guess are you asking like kind of how i got into yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so it was it was uh yeah I, I never considered myself an entrepreneurial person at all like i was very i'm, I'm, I'm typically very risk risk averse mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. um you know growing up you know you always kind of you know to work hard and try to find security right and a lot of people growing up in new brunswick um feel that way um, but yeah, so I guess I was, um, after I graduated, uh, university at St. Thomas, um, I took journalism there. I, uh, I was, uh, doing multiple jobs. I was hustling. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was doing multiple things, which I'm sure we'll get into <laughs> later on. Um, but I, my big main gig was a casual reporter at CBC New Brunswick, which okay. was so fabulous. Um, I love those people there. I learned so much. I got to do so many different things. Um, but it was when, um, Stephen Harper was still in mm -hmm. and, uh, Funding was getting cut, quite frankly, and a lot of people there, like there was no kind of job security, and I was kind of doing it for a year, and I was starting to really think about like, is this what I want to do? Um, where, like, where do I want to go? And I, I, I started kind of just looking around for opportunities, like most young people, you know, it's so early in their career, and um, an opening came up at Bonfire Communications, <laughs> which is uh, run by uh, Huddle founders Alan Gates and Lisa Hansen. And I knew Alan professionally, like I interviewed him before actually, so we knew each other. And he uh, was, you know, I remember him sending me the link to the job <laughs> opening, being like, if you know anyone, you know, that would be interested. And I'm like, you'll have my application tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I got hired there and I was literally expecting like to do what a lot of journalists do was, you know, after, you know, a while jump ship and go to communications. Mm -hmm. And Bonfire is a wonderful creative team. They work with clients or just brilliant in so many ways. So I was like expecting, you know, to kind of embrace my inner Peggy Olson from Mad Men. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and just sort of, you know, and kind of, you know, okay, like this is the next chapter. Like I felt, you know, I loved, I loved the team that I was joining. And then, so I remember, I remember like it was like a couple weeks before I was starting up on Fire Islands. Like I'd like to meet you for a coffee and chat. And I'm like, dope, cool. And he, I remember we were talking a little bit about some, you know, some stuff I'll be doing when I get there. And he's like, so I gotta tell you something. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He's like, so the reason why we kind of hired you is because we're, we're gonna, we're toying around with starting a second business and it's a business news publication for New Brunswick. And I was like, oh, okay, fun. Like, I didn't even know. Like, yeah, I was yeah, just like, this yeah. is great. Like, you know, sure. Like, I wasn't, you know, whatever. Um, I was like, no idea what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and so I started, I think it was like in June and, you know, I was doing some, you know, bonfire work, but a lot of the stuff um, was kind of, we're gearing up to launch Huddle. And um, I was like, okay, they're actually doing this. This is a real thing. Like, oh my God, like, can this succeed? Like, you know, there's, there's like two, three, like yeah, <laughs> new yeah, sources yeah, yeah. of the province. How is this going to go over? Like, you know, I, I was very aware of what, you know, how risky this was, but, you know, they were doing it right. Um, starting small and, you know, cheap i guess yeah, it's yeah, cheerful yeah. right you know mm -hmm. you know and uh yeah it launched in september 2015 and, and i not like pretty much right then i was a full-time huddle employee oh. and i kind of i didn't i it was very uh unexpected because i was you know i was under the impression that i was leaving kind of journalism behind and i realized once i started you know doing these kinds of stories with Huddle that I really missed it and nice. that I'm really glad I'm back doing this kind of work. There we go. So where did the love of journalism come from? 
I think it was something I really fell into, honestly. Like, I, um, like, as a teenager, you know, when you start thinking about, like, oh, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> like, um, I, I always loved writing. Like, I wrote poetry. I wrote short stories and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I'd love to do this for a living. But, like, being a poet is not a lucrative mm-hmm. career. And <laughs> so I was like, okay, so what, um, what fields could I get into? Like, I'm not good at science. I'm not good at math. I have no interest in getting into nursing, like, or anything, like, of the typical careers mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know, people are kind of guidance counselors or pushing us into. Yeah. And, I was, and someone was like, what about journalism? Like, you're writing in journalism. Um, but you know, there's so many other factors to it, like going out and talking to strangers and investigating things and being on TV and like all that stuff that I wasn't quite sure I was, would like. Mm -hmm. So in grade 12, um, I did a co-op placement at CBC St. John, which would end up, which was like, you know, foretold that I'd be working there (laughs) after I graduated university. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It was insane. Um, but, but I learned, I learned so much there and they really, I got to, um, go out and interview people. I put together news stories. I got to help reporters on different stories. I got to shadow them and I really fell in love with it. And I don't, I think there's so many reasons why I, I, I like it. I love talking to people and I love hearing their stories. And what I also like too, is I like taking like an issue or um, a situation or news and breaking it down and putting it together in a way that um, everyday people can yeah. understand it. And I feel like that's the secret sauce that Huddle has is like I can read uh, articles and I can read the stuff that you folks produce and I don't feel like you know the, the what they say the the word soup right yeah yeah like it's I I don't read it being like okay I think I gotta like Google everything I just read it's like it's understandable it's concise and it's it's something that I feel like is very much missing and I feel like that's why you folks are so successful. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, it, that's, you know, it's a basic, you know, we're writing about business and stuff, but it's the same skills that would any journalist would need, right, is to write clear and to, you know, break things down accurately. Mm-hmm. And that's something you learn how to do really, you know, you have to learn how to do, especially if you're right, we write a lot about like tech startups and mm-hmm. companies mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that stuff's kind of complicated. So mm-hmm. you really have to learn to kind of break it down. So why does, you know, why do you care? Why should you care about this? Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that. I'm, yeah, glad you, yeah. I'm glad you think that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so we're here now. So, like one thing that I, I, so when I'm not doing this podcast, I'm talking to students, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of things that come up when I have conversations, especially around uh, students who are in like journalism, um, like journalism programs, is you know that experiential learning opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, like. You know, because of the size of the province, you know, there there are going to be limited uh, positions and, you know, uh, experiential learning opportunities for individuals. What advice would you have for an individual who is like, I'm passionate about journalism. I still want to, you know, test this this out and build up my skill sets. How can someone start, you know, being able to get involved with journalism and start speaking and you know, doing great things around journalism stuff <laughs> right right yeah. um i guess my biggest advice i always uh tell journalism students and i've went back to stew and talked to the journalism classes multiple times it's always get involved in mm-hmm. your student paper absolutely especially in new brunswick like it's you know the opportunities for exp- um, experiential learning is mm-hmm. uh but they're limited yeah. so that but the one place that you can and they would love to have you yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is a student press so yeah. like there's two student papers in, in fredericton mm-hmm. for instance there's mm-hmm. one in st john mm-hmm. Um, 
that's where I learned my, that's where I really learned things. Like I learned stuff in class, of course, but like you, you learn by doing. Yeah, and yeah. I was, uh, I wrote for the Brunswick Inn in, in university and I was the news editor there for two years. And I worked okay. for the Canadian University Press as their Atlantic bureau chief back when they had bureau chiefs. <laughs> and like, you know, so that's what I learned. I learned a lot. And like, you know, the, you know, faculty at UMB was going on strike in my final year. I learned how to cover a lot of crazy stuff that way. Yeah. So that was 2014. Yeah. 2013, 2014. I remember that year and i was just like oof. yeah man and it, it was it was that it was the strikes what else what else was happening in the brunswick oh, then there was uh, i think was that the was it a provin- no it wasn't a provincial election it was, it was like the monkton shooting is monkton shooting. yeah so that was then I, I remember i was working at cbc when yeah that happened, and I was I, yeah it was like a lot of stuff happening that year <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i guess yeah your the student press is uh, super important because uh, you can get you can get, like have the highest GPA and get mm-hmm. straight A's, but like no, no news outlet or media company is going to hire you unless you have clips to show for it. So start with the student press, and then I think even if it drives you crazy, um, kind of grab at every opportunity that comes your way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So like I had a, several opportunities when I was in school to freelance. Um, I did a few stuff for Rabble. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, for yeah during the labor strike, they asked they asked me to kind of do some stuff for them. Um, I did stuff for um, Wicked Ideas, um, which is Lisa Harablik's company. Um, when they first launched, she hired me as a freelancer, and it was just sort of, you know, through a connection. Um, and yeah, just kind of, you know, don't be picky about, you yeah. know, because everyone kind of, everyone kind of has to pay their dues, and everyone starts somewhere. And the more experience you get, and the more you get under your belt, um, the better. There we quite go. frankly. Nice. Uh, post-secondary education yeah I, I you know sometimes like I sometimes I miss it I miss you know I I, uh, I miss the freedom you know you, when you're working in a student newspaper environment mm-hmm. you're never gonna get that kind of freedom again. yeah right yeah like I I was on the flip side I was on the student politics side right and looking back now I, I wish I I would have swallowed my pride a little bit more and been when like I, I my ideal co- Ooh. Sorry, Mike. Uh, my ideal goal is to see student unions and student medias. Like, you know, there is some, you know, accountability matches Absolutely. there. Mm-hmm. However, I, I always look at it as the, the moment student, like the, the, the student uh, leaderships, because I, I also classify those folks as student leaders as well, right. is once they start working together and collaboratively, you know, just like moving stuff forward, like, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I was very fortunate that I had a really good working relationship with the uh, student union at mm-hmm, when I was mm-hmm. there. Um, and I know eventually, you know, some, like one, the president one year, like my final year, he ended up coming working for the Bruns once he <laughs> resigned. Uh-huh. Like it was like, a, you know, we, I, we it, there was a lot, of, I called them out on the, on their bullshit when, mm-hmm. when needed. But, yeah, yeah. Um, at the same time, though, they were very, you know, they always gave me a comment. They always, they led me to stories. There you go. Stuff like that. So it was a really good working relationship. And I think that's super important for, mm-hmm. for both mm-hmm. sides, mm-hmm. for both, like, you know, the journalists and mm-hmm. the representatives yeah. to realize the importance of that relationship. Yeah. Such yeah. a powerful relationship. So, so we're, we're talking about this mind. So, in the context of this podcast, the main mm-hmm. main reason that I am, you know, so adamant about this is I'm looking around the scope and I, I don't see conversations that I, I like to hear. And, and that's all about, yes, I understand that, you know, there are issues that are within the province and, you know, things are 
um, things do need to improve, but like there needs to strategically needs to be a mindset change about moving the province forward. Mm -hmm. So my next question is, you know, how does journalism play in you know shaping the narrative of the province? Right. I think there's like journalism has so many roles to play in a, in a society. Of course, the first one is you know holding you know truth to power. You know <laughs> what I mean? And you know holding you know the people that are in power accountable. And I think that's super important. And I think there's incredible journalists in this province working to do that. Um, but at the same time, on, on the other on the flip side of that, I think um, there's other important st uh, stories and. Um, things going on in the community that are, are, that are important. And I think some of that has been kind of ignored. Um, and that's sort of where Huddle has found its niche yeah. on the business side mm -hmm, of that. Mm -hmm. And there's so many other niches and parts of, you know, that things that could be better covered. Um, but there was no one really covering just business. Like Alan, like Alan and Lisa, the reason why they started Huddle was because like they would have, you know, they'd have clients with Bonfire, right? And, you know, and you pitch stories to, you know, general business profiles and stuff to publications. And they had an easier time getting like a new story about a New Brunswick company getting published in Nova Scotia and Ontario and the Globe and Mail than it would be in their home province, mm. right? There was just no one covering that, that niche. The only time business was really being covered in, in New Brunswick media is if it was, you know, bad or something was closing down. And of course, like we've covered, we cover that stuff yeah, too, yeah. but, and that's all important, but there was this whole other side of it, like and cool stuff going on that, you know, was, was being ignored. Mm -hmm. So I think like, I think it has a certain, journalism has a, this multiple yeah. purposes, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. And of course the main purpose is so important. We need, we need, we need government reporters. We need, you know, legislative bureau, we need crime mm -hmm. reporters. But mm -hmm. I think at the same time though, there's so many other stories that need to be, are that, you know, are waiting to be told and should be told mm -hmm. and there's room for them as well. And I think they're just as important. There we go. I, and like, I, I hear you. Yeah. And it's, and like, that's like the perk of like this. I feel like everyone's in the Renaissance right now mm. where, you know, thanks to our neighbors to the South with all of their election stuff that's happening and like the movement around like not trusting the media where you've created like these little offsprouts of people trying new things and um yeah that's why i guess like, just like I'm, I'm interested to see what's the next evolution of journalism right and, and like how is that gonna look right and because like you know for me uh i started following this journalism just journalists um on instagram mm -hmm. and her main thing is like talking about like women issues right and like she breaks it down by using different type of graphics and like they catch your eye and then you go to her website and like that's where her content is and then like she does like these wonderful articles about doing deep dives so with that thinking like you know with the rise of social media like how do you feel uh, about like the journalists um, companies evolving to feed those fit those type of needs I think I, I think it was <laughs> I remember when I was in, even when I was in journalism school, there was still like a lot of, even the biggest news companies are still struggling with digital, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I think like we finally, a lot of legacy companies like CBC, CTV, like they're kind of starting or have figured it out for the most part. But like what you were just mentioning, like that reminds me of something like Vox Media, which yeah, maybe, yeah. right? Like they do such like explainer, like great explainer videos, mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. to, to break down and inform people, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, to take such a complex issue yeah. and, and explain it in a yeah. clear way. Yeah. And 
I think I think it only it can mean I think it only means good, uh, good things. Mm-hmm. I think um, there's still there's always going to be you know struggles with how to monetize it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? But it's uh, I think I think it's a good thing, and I think a new uh, more diversity and mm-hmm. more you know uh, different ways to tell stories and to, to reach people is a is a it's a very good thing for the industry. Okay, so you brought up an interesting topic about like you know basically making money off off this type of stuff, right? Um, when it comes to journalism, like it's perceived as not being a lucrative. It's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can't confirm. Oh, okay. Well, it's not. Yeah. Like, we, we've heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what you're telling me, I'm not going to make a million dollars becoming a journalist? No, oh. you're not. It's not right. like it's, it's really. You know, you can make a living. Of course, you mm-hmm. absolutely, you absolutely can. But you're not going to be rolling in the dough. Okay. It's, um, <clears throat> sorry. Um. It, it's it's a calling and it's a passion and I don't think you're you're never gonna find someone that is like went into journalism for the money mm-hmm. and if they did they they left and okay. went to communications okay <laughs> like, okay that's where the money is right mm-hmm. but um, yeah no it's 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 a very rewarding and fun and exciting profession no matter where you're working whether mm-hmm. you're working in like CBC or Daily News, a daily newspaper or a media startup like mm-hmm, Audible, like it's mm-hmm. it's a fun job, okay. um, you know. But you're you're not gonna be a millionaire. Okay. I don't think. There you go. There you go. <laughs> if someone does know how, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where like the passive income comes into play. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I, that's one thing I really like about you know millennials and all those folks. It's just like everyone is doing like trying to like yeah, you got your main job. Yeah. But, like how can you develop like these passive incomes that are like making money on a the side? A lot of people are doing that. A lot of people that we write about are doing that. Mm-hmm. Like they're creating businesses, um, great businesses while they're still working full time mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. know, they just created this really cool, you know, side hustle. Yeah. That's, that's you know, that's neat. And then there's people we had a we had a series on Huddle called Freestyle where we just interviewed uh, people that that literally their their living is the gig economy. Right? Okay. Like whether they were freelance translator or you know a marketer or whatever they just were you know i mean it was all through contracts right like it's a very interesting interesting time especially a lot of people in new brunswick do that Mm -hmm. it's really Mm -hmm. cool okay so when it comes to okay so before i go into that one jumping all over the place here uh so who's on your your radar like so um, similar going down the road as Huddle, like what other uh, news publications or individuals who are doing stuff in the realm of, of Huddle uh, is doing that within the region? Have you within the region that you're looking at? Um, I think um, I follow like a lot of few a few uh, music publications. Mm-hmm. I always follow um, Grid City is one of them. Like if you want to know, especially they're very Fredericton centric, but mm-hmm. I always I always um, I always follow them. I think they're doing a great job. Um, Hate love them or hate them, the manatee like there's a satire publication. Oh, um, like I, I, really you know, good. like we've the huddles been. They just did a whole spoof website of us, and you know what I mean. But like nothing's above satire, yeah. right? You know, even if it's bad satire, good satire. Yeah. Like people have different. It's very polarizing yeah. the website. But I think you know what what um what they've done is uh, I think they really <laughs> they yeah. they have made an impact. Whether you know whether yeah. you like them or not. I must admit. Uh, the manatee has literally helped my mental health in reference to like being within like the pub like within the public sector like you know right. dealing with like the, the 
the harshness uh, of the sector and then like you know seeing manatee pop up and just being like <laughs> just, just no because like... they, they're calling out stuff that you know most like most other media outlets can't do like yeah, can yeah. call it the absurdity of yeah, it yeah and i i really you know again like we, we've huddle has not been immune to, to their <laughs> to their <laughs> satire but i don't, I don't mind yeah like it's you know i i think i think they're they're really cool yeah um in terms of in business realm, though, I'm not too sure. Like, I don't okay. think any a lot of people are doing what we're doing. Um, okay. The only in the region, like Atlanta, Canada wise, that kind of does what we do is Entrevest Store, and okay. they've been around long before 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 Huddle. But we have a great working relationship with them. Okay. Um, they, he's very uh, Peter, who um, who runs that uh, that publication. He's very kind of data driven. Very, it's very micro focused on startups, and he also covers Waterloo as well, I believe. So like it's very he's very more huddles much much more broad in terms of business his is more like tech startup wise mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think um, he does a very good job at uh, covering that. Okay. But, yeah, but other than that though, like I don't, mm. I don't think like there's no one's no one's really doing what huddles doing. Nice. At least, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, and like you know, in my and then me hearing that it's just like okay, cool. So like yeah. it makes me look forward to what you folks are gonna do. Yeah. 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 So, if you had a magic wand, mm-hmm. poof, what what's Huddle doing? Um, man, all right. So a lot of stuff we will hopefully be doing in the future, but I want us. So I'd love to have us have um, writers like in Halifax, which we will be soon, I believe, in the, oh, in the near future. Okay. So we're gonna be, you know, we want to be, you know, really get a foothold in in the Maritimes. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe get a few more writers in New Brunswick. Okay. Um, we really want to again because we are such a small team. Like editorially, guys, if you're listening, like right now we are like three people, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so more manpower would be like that would be amazing to do more. We'd love to get into kind of the podcast sphere, more mm-hmm. multimedia, um, just you know to play around a bit more with um, how we tell how we tell our stories. Nice. Um, which again, that will come as, as we grow. Okay. But yeah, I can I always pictured, um, just I, I personally, I always pictured Huddle as being, you know, the place to go to find out the cool shit that's happening. All right. In, in, in New Brunswick. Nice. Um, obviously with the business slant, but mm-hmm. like everything kind of impacts business, right? And yeah, and, and that's, that's what I'm loving now is, Everything affects affects business, right? Like we'll cover, <laughs> yeah, like we'll cover the Moonlight Bazaar or like you know Third Shift or like other stuff because that has like an impact on tourism, exactly. which is also a business, right? Exactly. Like, and that's sort of really um, since we first launched and under um, our editor Mark Legier, um, we really kind of broadened our focus and to encompass more different kinds of stories mm-hmm. and kind of what different things mean and kind of how these little things like are changing the faces of the communities. Right in the province, so it, it's it's really fascinating to follow. Yeah, yeah, no, I um, yeah, that's like my new that's like my new pitch now. Like uh, my big passion is diversity, include diversity and inclusion, and right. I'm like it affects business. It does. <laughs> like, it absolutely does, right? And like, man, like in Inda, my colleague in in, in Moncton, she's mm-hmm. just killing the immigration. Yeah, beat. like she's she covering like stuff and following that stuff that like no one else yeah. in the province is yeah. doing, right? And that's and that's why that's how we've gotten gotten so close. Is yeah. like I, I I love the work that she's doing, and so like ah, oh, like it's, it's over yeah, like it's 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 I love it because like my thing is it's like a lot. I know that there are a lot of people doing stuff in, in reference to immigration, and and what I love to do is just like 
I pretty much had like a very much of a like like I was St. John based and I was like hey, this is what I do in St. John and like you know she's up in Moncton and it's good to collaborate and and like trying trying to like bring uh, the prov the province together as a whole because like that's the new journey I'm going through. It's like you know I was very much St. John focused. I was just like it's St. John and that's it. Right. And um, like as I go along throughout my careers, I'm just realizing it's just like you know all tides raise you know all ships type mm -hmm. of thing so it's just like how can we um you know col collaborate and look at everything from like a systems point of view and really you know work together absolutely. for like moving things forward so yeah no cl collaboration's key mm -hmm. absolutely it's hard but it's key mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so um tell me a little bit more about your podcast oh my podcast yes. so yeah so when i'm not uh working at huddle uh, my side, my, I wouldn't call it a hustle because we're not making any money from it, but my side project is uh, Strange Grooves. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, podcast, an online platform that I, uh, I host and run with uh, my friend Caitlin Milberry. Um, so Strange Grooves kind of started, um, it, first of all, it's a podcast where uh, we interview um, music lovers, record collectors, musicians, everyday people even about the, the music they love and kind of their stories behind that and how that music um, has impacted their lives and there's always always a story to that so that's kind of the basis of our uh, basis of our show and on our website we have kind of um, different contributors that contribute um, to strangegroups.com so we have people that are blogging and writing about their record collections we've had um, people that you know are sh shooting local shows and like I took these really cool pictures like I, I'd love a place to post them um, we've had people that write that just to write a wrote about their, like their top 10 like favorite records you know nice. what I mean like just stuff like that that just people to it's a platform to elevate people's love of music essentially nice. so yeah we launched that back in 2015 16 16 okay. yeah we just had our second birthday oh congratulations yeah, it's our second birthday. It's her too. Sorry, my brain's about it. Yeah, so we just had. Yeah, so we've been doing this for two years. Um, and yeah, no, it's been it's it's a really cool. Um, I'm I'm very much um, an old soul. Yeah. And I love. I collect vinyl. I love oh. most of the music. Oh yeah. Um, most of the music I listen to is was recorded before like 1980. Um, so <laughs> you know what I mean. So I always I was oh, I'm really passionate. And I'm like a trivia like a trivia book of that stuff and. It was cool to kind of have, you know, to start a project with my friend nice. that kind of, I could encompass that while at the same time kind of using the skills that I had already from, from journalism mm -hmm, and work, mm -hmm. right? What's your favorite vinyl? Oh, my favorite record. This is what I ask every guest on my <laughs> podcast. I'm like, what are your Desert Island Discs? <laughs> wait, 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 what's that? Desert Island Discs. So it's, uh, it's actually, there's actually a podcast called Desert Island Discs okay. if you want to listen to it. But basically we ask them, like, if you were stuck on a desert island, what mm -hmm. are the three records you would bring? Ooh. And so... Mine change quite frequently. So mine always would be, it's always, the one constant one is Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks. Okay. That's my favorite Bob Dylan album. He's my favorite artist of all time. Um, yeah, I guess I would say, if you only ask me about one, I'd yeah. say that one. That's okay. one always been constant. Okay. It's always been constant. But then there's like, uh, there's like Steppenwolf 4 would be one. Um, Led Zeppelin 3. <laughs> like there's okay. just a few, there's multiple, like there's so many, there's so many issues, but that's the one constant one. Okay. Okay. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Great album. <laughs> All right. Uh, I need to listen to it. You need to. Yeah. It's, it'll change your life. It's such, it's so good. <laughs> I, I love albums that change my life. Yeah. He's just, it's one of his albums that are like, it's so, 
it's just a, a storytelling, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, what I love about Bob Dylan, you got me on a tangent now. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about Bob Dylan is that he has a song for everything, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. he's such an incredible songwriter. Like, mm-hmm. people put down his voice. Like, yeah. I get it. But, like, he has a song, no matter what feeling a human can feel, mm-hmm. he has a song that uh-huh. will, like, capture that feeling and make you feel less alone yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of tells that story. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. And I think that's uh, that album in particular is a great uh, Okay, okay, I like it. That's the same way I feel about Whitney Houston's last album. Right. Like, going too soon, going too soon. Yeah. (sighs) All right, so as we're coming towards our end, what are some things that we can look forward to coming from Hollow or yourself or the podcast? Um, so expect more episodes of Strange Grooves, Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to be doing, we do some events and stuff around, around St. John as well, um, like our Facebook page and if you want to find it more, <laughs> one word. Um, in terms of puddles, so yeah, kind of I touched on it earlier is that we're going to be growing, our team's going to be growing, and with that, we're going to have a lot more um, room to experiment with different stuff. Like I want, nice. there's some stories I want to want to tackle. I like to do just some more long form stuff personally, mm-hmm. um, you know, and do some stuff work with audio and video and stuff like that. So I think just expect some some more more growth in general from Huddle. And nice. We're really, all of us on the team are very excited for kind of what's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Vox of the Maritimes? I would marks. love, I'd love, I, I think it'd be, it would be the Vox slash Fast Company of the Ooh. Maritimes. I love Fast Company and I get a lot of inspiration through okay. Fast Company. So yeah, I, I, that's how I kind of picture it. Like all that right. would be. I right, built your dynasty now. All right, I'm going <laughs> to, right after we let, let me finish this, I'm off. There we go. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming. It Thank means, you so much for means, having me. Yeah, like this is a, I have a few, I have a list of individuals I would love to interview and like you were one of them. Oh, so like this you. is like making my, making my dream come true. So I really appreciate oh, this. Thank you so much. And thank <laughs> you for, for the, uh, thank you for reading. No, <laughs> no I, I will always and forever be a loyal reader. I need to hook you up with some huddle stickers once we. Please do. Yes, please do. Because like, as you can see on the back of my laptop. You need like huddle one right there. Boom. Got a race space for it. Perfect. <laughs> But uh, for you folks that are listening, uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and give us feedback. And if you're looking for anything uh, for us to talk about, feel free to message us. And as always, peace and love.